Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to the London News Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by World Soccer Shop. Head on over to worldsoccershop.com for the best Chelsea gear around. So, Chelsea fans, welcome to our first FA Cup pod of the season. Now, thankfully, it's also not going to be our last FA Cup pod of the season. Uh, We've got the usual starters here for this pod, so it's sure to be a solid performance, right, Dan? Yeah, I think we're in great shape and great spirits after a wonderful effort from the team heading into the first match. Thankfully, we uh, didn't have too many changes to the lineup, Nick, but uh, you know we're feeling good, still feeling fresh as we head into 2017. Yeah, nice to get our first win on the trot in 2017 and start that 13-game winning streak uh, again. I love it. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, we did have some more iTunes reviews, and it's my turn to read them. Uh, we didn't quite get 50 as Dan predicted last week, but uh, here we go. Uh, it, was a, it was a guess, though, you know, considering all things, and, and you know, just a wonderful testament to you know, the time that people have during the holiday season to, to share and to love and to, to give some great feedback. True. I mean, it was a bit of a short week, short turnaround again, but thanks to Tell Him He Conte on January 7th, dropped the five-star review, followed up by Atlanta Sean on January 6th. Both five-star reviews. You guys are awesome. Uh, we appreciate the feedback, uh, and you got your shout-out. So more importantly, guys, match review time. Peterborough United, who play in the EFL League 1, in case most of you probably were unaware of who they are. This was the FA Cup third round proper. Why is it called proper, Dan? Oh, there are some qualifying rounds. So there's a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth qualifying rounds that then head into the proper rounds, which is where the Premier League and uh, EFL teams are playing. 
That's right. So we did not know that. And we are assuming a lot of our listeners may not know that. So a little bit of a history knowledge bomb for you. The match was at Stanford Bridge this past Sunday. Blues four, the posh one, Nick. Um, a good, strong result from a scoreline perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a game that was completely and utterly dominated by Chelsea, as you would expect at home. Uh, and, you know, just beating the posh out of them. You know, it was just a complete performance. It was a massively different lineup, Dan. Antonio Conte bringing in nine changes to the loss at Tottenham. But, I mean, when you lose to Tottenham, you got to just rip it up and start over, right? Yeah. <laughs> just tear it to shreds. I can see him storming around, you know, just kind of tearing in half and, you know, deciding Five. to take well, there was a ridiculous picture of him from training this week where there was the chalk like all up and down his his pant legs. <laughs> so maybe he just took a lot of chalk and just decided to keep on going back to the board and redrawing again and again and again. But, it, you know, kind of questions around what the lineup actually was, but it, it really kind of settled into a 3-5-2 formation. Begovic gives Courtois some time off, but, you know, he, he'd already collected some time off anyway this season. So, you know, it was kind of shocking to see that change. You saw Cahill Terry returning to the pitch for a period of time. Zuma also <laughs> slated next to him with a wonderful return after injury. Ivanovic comes in as a wingback, uh, Pedro on the opposite side. Then you had a midfield trio, little Ruben Loftus-Cheek, little Nathaniel Trelobo, Nate Dog, little Fabregas mix-up, and then you had a little Batshuayi and Lillian up top. So it was a nice change to see i think we you know some of us predicted maybe little little alterations in the lineup last week some said maybe scale force changes and, and that's what we really saw nine changes into the starting 11 heading into this game so we'll get to the rest of the team a bit later but let's just chat about the youth players to start zuma loftus cheek shalaba and mishi as you said all got the start nick who were you most impressed with uh, I think I was most impressed with uh, Nathaniel Shaloba, although, you know, neck and neck uh, was Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I legitimately it wasn't even on my radar that he would play this game, let alone start. And then to put in a performance like he did, uh, I thought was was great. I mean, it's great to see a guy who had very little confidence earlier this year, really struggled in the EFL Cup. Um hasn't really found a position except maybe now kind of has. And uh, there were a bunch of different simulations of where he would play this game. But uh, in a 3-5-2, he was in one of those advanced roles. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, playing behind a, a striker but still being in the midfield uh, gives him the flexibility to make those kind of darting runs. And, uh, you know, I was, I was super impressed with Ruben Loftus-Cheek very impressed with Nathaniel Shaloba, who had uh, in Conte's three four three been playing kind of the right advanced role, the right wing role, um, but had slotted back into midfield for this game. Uh, I think he did a great job covering, didn't lose his tactical awareness all game, and and I think really just had a strong strong effort. Could have had a couple goals too, so uh, very strong performance from those two. Okay, so Nick chose two players. Dan, uh, what did <laughs> right. you think, kind of looking at that between, you know, just specifically those four players? Yeah, you know, I think Zuma looked rusty coming back in, which understandably, you know, massive ACL injury. You know, you think about like a sport like American football, where that's, you know, a year-long rehabilitation. And even though there's maybe not as much physical contact as there is in European or world football, um, yeah, he, he looked a little rusty, but he definitely worked himself into it in the second half. Uh, Mitchie looked like someone who was trying really, really hard to impress. And it's almost like one of those videos where you watch someone trying to impress people. And, like You're like, oh, I didn't get it. And like you see the effort continuing and continuing and the struggle. And you're kind of almost like feeling like really ill, like socially awkward in the way that that person is trying to impress someone. Uh, in this case, Antonio Conte is the, the lover. Uh, and you know, the person who's trying to impress is Michi, and Michi was trying really, really hard. But uh, I would agree with Nick that I think Chaloba, you know, by far looked silky. You know, and also, he's also had the most opportunity this season to play under Conte and to play in that system this season. So, you know, he should, I think, be the standout. And then I thought RLC was probably the, the surprise because he looked 
way more physically dominant in this game. You know, there were a couple times earlier this season when you saw him and he got pushed around. He, you know, look again, league one side, but he looked every bit the type of player and prospect that we were hoping to see last season now into this season. A lot of love for Ruben on Twitter at Seizuku said, how about Ruben's silky touch though? One of the best that we've seen so far. I'm assuming he's talking about the assist. Um, at KP221289 says, is this the best we've seen RLC play? Nick, going back to what you said, I think absolutely. You know, Jose was playing him as a striker, and so he's trying to fit that mold. You know, a lot of us felt he's more box-to-box, but today Shaloba and Fabregas sat in the midfield and kind of let Ruben stay a bit higher, and dude doesn't like to track back, so he needs to be in a more advanced role, I think, uh, to get the ball and run at defenders because, as you mentioned, both of you, his physical presence is up there. Um, you know, Nick, you were tweeting about this before the game, though. You were surprised to see Ruben because we all thought he was going on loan. This cup ties him. Janique on che- you know, said on Facebook she really hopes that he gets a loan to a Premier League side. I mean, what do you think? Is this to kind of put him in the shop window a little bit? I would think so. I mean, honestly, I, I, I can't imagine outside of the occasional FA Cup game that he gets a ton of playing time through the end of the year, uh, even though he was great today. Uh, I would really, really hope that a team like Swansea or Bournemouth, a team that plays attacking football, could take him and use him and and really uh, advance his, his Premier League knowledge because up to this point he's had such uh, very few opportunities to prove himself. And I really think uh, that a guy, you know, like Eddie Howe would do this kid wonders. Uh, he has all, and I mean all, of the physical tools to make it. It's just about the opportunity. And we're going to talk about a, a young player who's going to get an opportunity coming back to Chelsea in a little bit. But uh, I think that a this was definitely a shop window game. And if he went out there knowing that he was going to probably get transferred or loaned for you know a period of time, I thought he went out with the right attitude, and I applaud him for for playing so well. Fantastic. You know, we'll kind of see how it all plays out. Obviously, as you hinted to the Bournemouth, maybe we kind of owe him one potentially, um, but it would be a good option. We'll, we'll kind of have to see about that. But, you know, Dan, plenty of goals in this match. Obviously, five in total, four for the Chelsea. Uh, Pedro, 18th minute, found an amazing amount of space on top of the six-yard box. And with the form he's been on, You'd only expect one outcome, right, Dan? Yeah, you know he's he's definitely put himself in a position to create some of the prettiest goals that we're seeing this season. You know, just these interesting you know floaters and you know twists and turns. You know, every, every goal, it's almost like when uh, De Gea makes a save. You know, once something that looks easy, he makes it look really really difficult. Uh, Pedro is kind of like that, but with goal scoring, you know, it's, it's, it's really probably a less intricate shot than it actually is, but the amount of effort and twists and turns and just the you know, gesticulation he does with his arms and his legs, uh, produces a really, uh, really, really beautiful looking goal again. And it's uh, you know credit to him. He is really reborn this season, uh, under, under Conte and, you know, really within that attacking role. And he was doing this as a left wing back. So, Credit to him for continuing to pace around the pitch at Conte-like levels. I mean, he may have been a left wing back on paper. He wasn't <laughs> a left wing back on the field. I mean, no, he's not. Spent... It's more like a four-two-four times it, with him up there. It was like a three. I don't know. Was it like there was like four? Because I think Ruben played super advanced too. Like he wasn't a traditional midfielder by any means. So. It's it's awkward when the other team gives you that amount of space to break. It's like everybody's an attacker. It, it kind of disguises whatever formation you're trying to run, Brandon. It's true, and plus Antonio Conte wants a really fluid system, anyways, and aggressive wing backs. And you know when you play Peterborough United or yeah Peterborough United, uh, you maybe are afforded a little bit more space than usual. Next one up, we had Mishi on the 43rd minute. He was the recipient of a great assist from Loftus-Cheek, as noted earlier, but he didn't seem too interested in celebrating, Nick. Should we be reading in, into this at all, or is it just more of like him saying, oh, finally, I got one? I don't know. This was kind of a weird – it was weird to watch him, uh, honestly, because I I was watching his body language. His body language was saying one thing and his effort was saying another. And 
his body language all match was really kind of frustrated and not, you know, not the guy who we see on social media or we see, you know, training videos of where he's always kind of cutting it up with his teammates. Um, but the effort was great. I, you know, he was as physical in this game as, you know, we've seen him and he was holding the ball up and he was making passes for his teammates and he finally got one uh, and he just, you know, it wasn't the hardest shot in the world, but uh, he put it away and, um, it, it, to me, it's this kind of reeked of all the transfer rumors, Dan, that have been going on with him and possibly Swansea and, you know, maybe try, like you said, trying to work too hard or, or prove too much in a very short amount of time because there was, there were 90 opportunities in this game for him to score. And I, I would have hoped that he got one or more than one. Oh, there was, there was the first attempt that he made when William was open in the box and he just sliced that thing so wide uh, and it was not a great attempt on goal and Antonio Conte was yelling at him you know very clearly like that you need to adhere to the football and philosophy and you know you look at the way he played uh for Marseille and to see where he plays now you know strike partnership a little more fluid you know definitely I think had a little bit more freedom whereas there's a you know he, he wants you to operate within the system in a certain way I mean that is in contrast to the way like this Bachelet is a physical dude. So he can move forward, be physical, be commanding. And I think that he's learning that philosophy, but at the same time, it's frustrating him from just doing the things that he naturally knows how to do. Like what we saw in the first couple games where he came in, maybe as a sub a substitute is he just came in and basically was kicking it back and forth with hazard. Like they do for, you know, Belgium training, I would imagine trying to figure out, you know, okay, well, we're just going to have to figure out some way to score a goal. Yes, he definitely was giving mixed signals. Tweet at us. Let us know what you guys think about this. I mean, obviously, it's all speculation. He had a goal and assist, so, you know, maybe all is not horrible. William, 52nd minute, third goal for Chelsea. Took his time, literally strolled into the box before carefully placing his shot into the far post side netting. I mean, it's just easy stuff, Dan. We've seen him do it before at a much higher tempo. This was literally like a training ground exercise. Yeah, it, it didn't help that most of the individuals who were in defense were basically standing around as if it were uh, if it were practice. They, they were lead-footed and, and really just gave him all the space throughout the entirety of the match to really do what he wanted. And, and even those uh, crossover moments he does when he's trying to dribble around really, you know, they, they just let him continue to, to work and to craft the space and didn't, didn't have much pressure in making that goal happen. No, nothing, nothing too crazy, but Nick 70th minute Nichols adds annoyance to Begovic and us Chelsea fans is the clean sheet was ruined. You know, poor Begovic has had a terrible clean sheet record for Chelsea in cup tournaments this year. Uh, 3-2 to Bristol Rovers, 2-4 to Chelsea against Leicester. Uh, we lost 2-1 to West Ham, and now 4-1 to Peterborough. Just, just a rough, rough run for the backup. Yeah, I mean, I think this was just a victim of, of kind of the uh... – the JT red card scenario coming into play and then our defense, you know, a, a lot of changes being made there. There isn't that central commanding figure trying to figure all this stuff out in the back. And again, it, you know, it was one of those just crosses, you know, simple crosses are, are annoying the hell out of this defense. And that has to get fixed because there are too many teams in the Premier league that have world-class crossers, the ball that we need to figure that out. But, um, you do feel for Bego. He he made a world class save in the in like the first four minutes. Right? You know, it was early mm -hmm. on in the game. Um, you know, he certainly uh, he would have wanted the clean sheet. But I also give Peterborough credit, and, and I know that you know losing four one is going to hurt them. But they came out to play today. They actually tried to attack. They had a few opportunities on goal. You know, I give him credit because that that has to be a daunting task to come to Stamford Bridge with the run that Chelsea's been on and try and play football with them and. Uh, you know, they had a couple little tasty players on their team. I have to admit, um, they, they played pretty well. So you got to give them some credit. And then, you know, you just you do feel bad for Bega, though. Yeah, I, you know, it, it is what it is, especially he's coming in with nine changes. He, you know, 
it, there's a lot going on in these cup matches. So uh, obviously the last goal of the match, Dan Pedro in the 75th minute, he was also the recipient of some slack defending. Uh, Mishi tied up two defenders at the top of the box, did a little bit of turning, decided it's just easier to lay it off. Probably, you know, encouraged by Conte's first half uh, encouragements. And again, he pretty much passed it into the bottom left corner, I guess bottom right corner. I apologize. Yeah, a great. You, you, there are a couple of times where, you know, Mitchie was forward, had the ball in the box, had backs turned to goal. And this was one of the times where he was able to really help set up another one of the attacking forces this time in Pedro, who again, left wing back on paper, a uh, striker in actuality, uh, continued forward with a impressive run, netting two. So I think that puts him on six for the season. So it's nice to, again, awesome resurgence, awesome effort. And, you know, it just, capped up a really, really great day for, for Chelsea in advancement to the next round. Literally standing at the top of the box is our left wing back. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Let's jump into the questions for this uh, this match. Honestly, I was surprised at just how many changes Conte made. He is a serial winner, but he really took a gamble by making nine changes uh, with the formation, and he changed the formation from, a, obviously, 3-4-3 to 3-5-2. It was morphing every time though who was the biggest surprise to you nick either as a starter or maybe even someone who didn't start um i i actually think jt was my big surprise um you know knowing kind of the injuries and stuff that's been going on with him i think he was you know it was nice to see him in the lineup for a certain period of time like dan alluded to earlier um but i did not expect him i, I would have thought that you know dave and cahill would have started with zuma I think actually the formation with, uh, you know, still three at the back with JT Cahill and Zuma was a surprise to me um, because they're not typically featured in that. We've we played four at the back with um, those guys this season, and Zuma's obviously it's his first time back. So uh, there's a lot going on there, uh, but I, I do think it was a huge gamble and it paid off. You know, I think Conte's job now the rest of the season is to keep these players motivated and. One way to do that, especially with some of our younger players, players coming back from loan like Masanda or Kennedy or you know Nathan Ake, uh, is to give them playing time, to reward them for training hard, and to give some of our senior players who have played every single match a break. And I think you could tell on the sideline, Dan, uh, today that Costa was enjoying himself watching the show and it was great. You know, he, he definitely was having a laugh, which was, which was nice to see. You know, again, the, the conversation came out in the past couple of weeks with his interview talking about that you know, he was offered an option to go back to, you know, let it go earlier in the, you know, the summer transfer window and opted not to because of how much, you know, Conte cares for him and, and believes in him as a footballer. And I think that you're seeing that too with, with our youth talent. I think you're seeing with the way that Chaloba responded with the opportunity today. And you know, I think impressive, I would say, or the, the biggest surprise change was Ruben Loftus cheek. I think not expecting really anything from him. You know, he'd been a little bit of a back injury, which has kept him sidelined for a while. Uh, only recently has he started even making kind of substitute kind of conversation. And this is an opportunity for him to say, Hey, you know what? Like I don't, don't forget about me because I I'm a pretty awesome footballer myself and I've got some skill and I've got some raw potential that can be harnessed. And uh, I, I don't think there's anyone in the, the modern game right now that you would trust more with bringing up players through a system, uh, you know, i.e. what he did with Pogba, Pogba at Juventus, uh, you know, than, than Antonio Conte. You know, you look at the players that he marked and, uh, you know, Dybala, which you know, ended up going to Juventus after he came about. But that, that's another example of just, you know, that he has an eye for it and wants to advance those players. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just super excited. Like, I mean, how can you be upset about a 13-game win streak, uh, being top of the table, playing youth talent? Uh, and, and, you know, it might not be the youth player that you want. I think that seems to be the most divisive thing right now is like, oh, well, why didn't Kennedy get minutes? Why didn't Masanda get minutes? Why didn't this player that I care about more get time or get minutes or get an opportunity? And ultimately, like, yeah, you know what? We can root for the individual players, but what we have to root for is institutionally the system working. And if Nate is getting minutes, if RLC is getting minutes, if Ola Aina comes in as a substitute, if Nathan Aki is coming back, like the system is working. And that's way better than overpaying 30 million pounds for a bad number two option 
in a January window. Yeah, that's a really great shout. I mean, you're talking about big picture stuff here. Most fans don't look at it like that. It's very reactionary what just happened. Uh, so I think that's really something good to think about. Personally, I've loved Conte's belief that the younger players should get minutes before some of the aging veterans. Obviously, that is a huge reason why Mikel left. For me, I get it, but I'm a little surprised Ola Ana didn't start. Maybe that was just one too many youth players. You know, Ivanovic, he didn't look comfortable out there. He looks like he's aged another five years just from not playing, but he's experienced. He is a seasoned vet, and I can understand that. But I guess going back to my personal selfishness, maybe Dan, because I love the Ola Ana Insta story. You know, he just didn't get some minutes today. He does. He, they all have good insights. The 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 Chelsea youth game is yes. just as great on the pitch as it is within social media. Whether that's Instagram stories or Twitter or Snapchat, they they're all bringing an A game right now. All right. Question number two. There's been a lot <clears throat> of talk about Mishi's performance today, Dan. He had a goal and an assist, which normally is considered a great day for a striker. But people are saying he was ineffective. He didn't celebrate. Which hit, you know, he didn't celebrate after his goal, which means he's obviously leaving Chelsea for a loan, and that it was only Peterborough. Like, come on, calm down. What did you think of his performance today? Uh, again, I think I would just tie it back to the fact that it looked like someone who is feeling the weight uh, of everything, of the enormity of who he has to replace up top. You know, I think anyone who is a striker in the world, unless you're one or two other people who looks at Diego Costa and says, well, crap, I got to replace that guy if he gets injured. That is, uh, that is quite the you know first thing to overcome. And then he has to think about the fact that he's not getting a lot of playing time right now. Then he's adapting to a new league. And all of this challenge or frustration, I think, has hit, hit a point of just struggle for, for him. And you know, we can kind of enumerate on what we think his feelings are. But ultimately, he, he played like someone who looked very frustrated. He looked frustrated to, to execute. You know, you look at where he was on the pitch. He did spend a lot of that time forward, you know, in a central position. You know, so I think, you know, situationally, uh, there was some good positional awareness. There was some good physicality. I think some of the teamwork and interchange was not good. But also, he wasn't the only one who had that issue because, again, you're also playing nine new players while they play on a pitch. Playing a live game is a completely different situation. So I think he didn't – did he have a great game? No. Did he have a game that shows that he has potential that he can develop? Yes. You know, Nick at Caseheart says, Mishi shouldn't even be in question. He should not leave. We love Mbatshuayi. Um, I guess he means we shouldn't be questioning his performance. He's a very strong supporter of him. Um, according to Wajou underscore, he says he got a goal, but he didn't really have a great game, looked way off the pace. Which side of the fence are you on? I thought he played fine. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, people's expectations for, for players who haven't played for weeks, uh, you know, I, I don't want to trash you, Wajou. Um, I just don't agree with you. You know, I think he looked completely on the pace. And uh, if, to be frank, you know, I think that guys like, you know, I'm going to throw it back to the Ivanoviches and JTs of the world. Frank Lampard was this way when he was here. Those guys need to play all the time to be at their best. And I, I would guess that just by watching some of their performances today, that some of these players are the same way. It's really, really tough. Uh, you know, I think the the brilliant thing that Conte did was he put another player up top for Mishi to interchange wish with. And if we get another, and it's a lot, that's a word jumble right there. Um if we get, you know, a couple more performances in the FA Cup and we get, a, you know, maybe a couple big results and he's able to come in for the final 20 minutes of some Premier League games or whatever, I think he's I think he's going to be fine. But let's let these players play a little bit. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, there were some misplaced passes and there were some a lot of weird, uh, you know, standing around players not knowing where or when to run because they haven't ever jived with each other like that on the pitch before. But we also saw some great stuff out of them. I think Mishi's holdup play was tremendous. He was, uh, you know, I know he's not the tallest dude in the world, but I think he held the ball extremely well. Mm. Uh, he made a few turns that I was like, you know, really opened my eyes for. Uh, and I think that, you know, in general, he did his job and he got a goal and an assist. Like, why are mm. we riding this dude right now? 
So Mishi did have 58 touches, which was more than Loftus-Cheek. So he was involved in the match, and he was involved in the build-up play. And according to his heat map, he showed he spent most of the time at the top of Peterborough's box, which is exactly where you want a center forward. Um, and he did chase the ball around, it looks like, in their defensive half. So he was mobile. Uh, he was applying pressure. And like I said, he had more touches than Ruben. Ruben was a midfielder. So just something. I know Ruben came off as a sub, but you know, just something to think about. Um, how about this? Dan, yes or no? Mishi leaves Chelsea to go on loan this January. Um, I know my exasperated tie is, is like a trademark. Um, I, I think thing. it is my thing. I think only if it's going to involve a lot of playing time. I think what we always want is we want a lot of playing time for young talent and what you, you hope over 18 games left in a Premier League season and a couple more FA Cup match games. I, I think that there's not going to be, unless there's a significant injury to Diego Costa and then also Eden Hazard, um, because I, we've seen that when Costa isn't there and Hazard is the the second choice as a striker, that is how Conte is deploying him. I, I think that that is going to make it really difficult for Michi to get the time that he needs to develop and grow. And so I think if a position and the, the you know the rumor out there of Lorente being an option is that you need cover for Costa, you need someone who's happy to rest the bench and potentially come in for the last 10, 15 minutes of a game if necessary, or if there's an injury, but ultimately like you are not looking to keep a talent development concern there. If we want talent development, we need to find a solution for him that puts him into that. And I would say unless there's a loan that's gonna give him starting minutes then then he should stay but otherwise i think he you know he'll rest on our bench and, and probably not play too much outside of some fa cup so i'm gonna write no nick <laughs> yes or no i think there's too much smoke here for him not to go at this point um i think you know much like we were talking about with the shop window for ruben i think today was a shop window day for him i think conte knows this kid, you know, has all the potential, uh, you know, again, like Ruben, I think Conte's eyes were lit up with this match because he saw glimpses of what is probably the next five years of Chelsea football club on the pitch. And that's so exciting. Um, but I, I think that Dan hit it on the head. I, I think Swansea or Bournemouth or some of these teams that really need a striker West Ham, you know, could really use him and play him. And if he's having trouble acclimating to the Premier League, the only way to, to get better is by playing it. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. not you know, as much as I love Conte's training sessions, that's not going to do it. So um, I, I think he does go. I think there's too much smoke where, where this is uh, for there not to be some fire. So I'm going to say it's contingent, yes, but someone else has to come in. Obviously, no one is the least bit worried about Dom Solanke or what he can do this season. So <laughs> the only way that you know Mishi leaves is if someone comes in. So I'm going to say most likely no, but I think there's potential. At MH, Martin2 said, even with the goal assist, Mishi looked lost, uncomfortable, and missed a few teammates. He needs a Premier League loan with playing time. Dan, you and Matt Martin, you're synced up. You guys got to figure it out. Yeah, it's an um, emoji fist bump right there. Heck yeah. At Kevin XXIX says, we have to seriously wonder question if Mishi was a Conte signing. I'm starting to doubt it. You know, side note for what it's worth, Llorente, who has been most heavily linked with Chelsea, did make a substitute appearance for Swansea in Saturday's match. So he is cup tied for whatever, for whatever it's worth. I don't know. Just relaying information. Hmm. Question three, guys, I'm legitimately worried that if I don't go to Stamford Bridge this spring, this season, I might never get to see JT play ever. And even if I do go, I still might not get to see him play. Nick, is this a genuine concern for me if I don't make it to London? Um, yeah, I think it is. Uh, and it's not It's not because he got a red card. You know, I, I think that that's everyone's like, gut check reaction you're like wow red card he's done forever no i i just think that when you look at zuma and uh you look at how much more athletic he is um than jt at this stage you look at louise 
Dave Cahill. I mean, JT's fifth on that list right now, I think. Um, and you know, I'm I'm seeing some people that we trust on Twitter, season ticket holders, who just simply said today that he just didn't look the part. Um, and and I think that is, you know, to my earlier point, I think that's because he hasn't played. And Frank Lampard was the same way in his final season at Chelsea. He needs to play to to make that impact. I just don't think he's going to get that many chances. Um, and I, I'm so bummed for him to get a red card today because, you know, a, a clean sheet and he's leading the team out. That's a whole different scenario. But, uh, you know, he just he looked a little bit off the pace. And I, I don't know how how else to say it. Yeah, and I, I don't think we will be successful at appealing that red card personally. I think it was pretty evident. I think there is thought about did he trip did he not trip on it the you know Vanovich being behind him or near him uh, I think that it's going to be fully served I don't think it's going to be overturned and I think we are you know again just like we were at the end of last season feeling really really sad about you know saying goodbye you know to a legend and it's tough and it sucks and it's not a good feeling to watch someone you've seen you know captain our team out to some of the best victories that we've ever had and some of the best championships that we've ever won and it, it just happens and i think the reality is that we, we, we will probably and you as well brandon will probably you know be very fortunate if you get to see jt play at sanford bridge in you know the last couple months of the season here because that's probably the the last few times that uh, he will be donning a chelsea uniform to go out onto the pitch benitez sunderland Dude's done it before. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's hope. He had a terrible season with Benitez. He had some injuries. He came back. Obviously, he played every single minute of every single Premier League match in 0-14-15 we played. Had that red card last year. Sunderland thought he was going to be gone. So, guys, I'm just going to hold out hope. But, Nick, you, you totally hit it spot on when you're talking about people who we have gotten to know who go to the matches, who have seen JT play literally since he made his debut and just say, that's not really the JT we are used to. So we'll have to see, guys. Tweet at us. Let us know at London Blue Pod. Email us, londonisbluepodcast at gmail.com. Is this more or less going to be the last season JT is a player at Chelsea? I'll leave that other door open. Mm-hmm. Um, at e Mitchell dot or underscore IU says, is it time for JT to hang up the boots and maybe do some coaching? I think that no one is going to argue uh, that JT, he's been very open about getting his coaching badges. Uh, at mile high underscore Hokey said, what should Chelsea do with JT the rest of the season? He just can't move anymore. I think you just find minutes when he can, right? If nothing else, like, you get him in the uh, the FA Cup as we continue this run, if possible. But like you said, Nick, you know, Zuma knocking on the door for more minutes, it might just even squeeze him out uh, even more. The the dream scenario here is that we end up advancing in the FA Cup and keep going, keep going. So we get some minutes there, and then we win the league with five games to go, and he plays the rest of the five games, and we send him off double. You know, that would be. Uh, the, the dream scenario. So let, let's just go do that. I mean, we don't need to pray for JT. This is not a guy, you know, I, I, I hate all this stuff. You know, I, I can't, can't stand it. The guy has been a true servant, you know, let's respect him. You know, the, the top kind of the bottom dropped out for Peyton Manning last year in, in the NFL. And when it happens, it happens quickly. Um, and I think we just need to savor uh, this guy while we have him on the pitch. And then hopefully Dan, we get him off the pitch and uh, into some coaching gear from Nike next year, and and it's all good. You can make a quick trip to the uh, the mega store, as our friend Dan Levine would say, and uh, pop out ready <laughs> to go. All right, guys. True or false? The FA Cup should be an opportunity for minutes to squad players and not a top priority. Nick, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I think the FA Cup is wonderful. But it's all about the league. I don't care about anything else but the league. Nick, or, you know, Hi. Dan. Hi, Brandon. Mick can give his point twice because I agree with him. <laughs> I think all that, right. again, it's about the league. Yeah, the biggest thing is the money factor, right? Like, no one's saying that the FA Cup isn't 
awesome if you win it and there's a lot of history and there were some upsets today obviously some lower division teams knocking out some premier league teams um some lower premier league teams knocking out another lower premier league team with and swansea and some draws you know too so uh oh, a nice little replay enjoy. for come on plymouth let's go plymouth <laughs> never been a bigger plymouth man oh man so you know not discrediting just saying the money is a priority and obviously the 38 game season is just uh priority number one fa cup this season for chelsea will definitely be priority number two uh any other thoughts guys how um how this match went, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Like you said, unfortunate to give up the goal, even more unfortunate for the John Terry red card. But for the most part, I think it was a, I think it was a success. Yeah. Pedro easily uh, winning man of the match. Uh, we didn't even do a poll because I didn't put one out, but I, I think it was pretty clear. Uh, he had the most dominant impact on the game uh, was tremendous playing the wing back role in quotes. Um, <laughs> Although I think, Dan, maybe there's an interesting point there that, you know, it seems to me like he could be now utilized in a wingback cover just due to his work rate. Which, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, I've talked about, you know, the defensive ability or inability sometimes of Marcus Alonso has been a, a bit of a uh, you know, kind of a, a internet whipping boy at this point for those who get frustrated or upset, uh, especially after the Tottenham match. And, you know, I, I think... Pedro has a lot of talent. I don't think I would want to see it forever, but it looks like it's a, an option, which, you know, that's what Conte likes. He likes players that can do a lot of things for him and not just, you know, I only do one position. Yeah. He said that he, it was playing, this game was like playing back in La Liga just due to the open, open nature of it. <laughs> um, so I, I would anticipate if we were ever to sub him in as a wing back in Premier League play, it would be against uh, lighter <laughs> defenses, perhaps, where he, he could, uh, just wander around, maybe. Just let go crazy on Hull City later in the season. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, a little bit nuts, but, you know, you just kind of take what you're given, right? All right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and take our first break. Uh, World Soccer Shop has a delightful message for us. I think Dan and Nick have something whipped up. So let's go ahead and hear what they've got. Yeah, something uh, really cool. Nick, did you know Chelsea's about to have a big Nike deal? I do. Yes, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, everybody, you know, Jay Cohen's written about it a bunch. Uh, it's going to be a lot of money for the club, but ultimately that means if you're an Adidas fan, this is your last year to get an Adidas kit with the Chelsea uh, logo and everything wonderful on it. So ultimately you should go to worldsoccershop.com because right now the Chelsea home kits are still $74.99. So that's, it's almost like 20 bucks off. It is. And, you know, a way that we can help you even make those a little cheaper is we have a couple of uh, $10 assists to hand out yet. Um, they expire on the 31st of January, though. So you got to got to get in there, screenshot what you want, link us to what you want on Twitter. And uh, and I'll I'll go ahead and hook you up uh, with some of our remaining $10 assists. But you got to use them before the 31st. So we'll send out another tweet as a reminder. Use our referral link. It's the best way to support our show. Um, and, and kind of help us make our uh, our pod dreams come true. So that's it. That's all. That's all there is. All right, Chelsea fans. It's honestly as simple as that. We've got gift cards that expire. We got to get rid of them. Time to get hooked up. But it's ready for your social media questions. At SPBO, we got to lead with the fire. Our man's oh, back on it. I uh, said, are we about to see our own golden generation of youth establish themselves in the squad? Nick, you guys have a bromance. I got to let you take this one. So true. My homie SP Beal back in the uh, back in the pod script, which is great. Um, I think we are, uh, to be to be frank, I think that you look around and there are a lot of other clubs who have interesting young prospects. Um, I think that just due to the success of our youth team and the amount of money that's been sunk into developing youth talent over the last 10 years that we're about to see those fruits uh, of those labors happen. And uh, it might not be this year. It might not be next year, but you would certainly expect to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Nathaniel Shaloba, Jada Silva, you know, Mishi, Kurzuma, all these young guys come through the system and start rocking it out week in and week out. 
Dan, I'm going to throw you at Pythus Dilemma, says Ake will be sorted by Conte. Mishi needs more game time, at least 20 minutes in every game for now. Let's go ahead and focus on Ake. So Conte's not bringing him back just to be a fringe player. I mean, he's getting good minutes at Bournemouth. You assume that he already has a role and probably expects him to challenge Alonso. Well, it's interesting you say that after the match, they did grab some quotes from Antonio Conte, and he referenced Ake talking about playing on the left side of a back three and also playing in midfield. And he said that he would have to evaluate his ability uh, in a left wing back position within training. So it definitely seems like that is something he's considering, something he's maybe scratching his head about. But right now it's looking like it's more of competition uh, for where Cahill is sitting at the moment, and then also potentially, you know, rotationally within the, the midfield, maybe from a, you know, a pace standpoint or an execution standpoint. Not sure where he, you know, who he would unseat um, within the midfields, especially if you look at the way that, you know, you know, Matic has been involved, assisting some goals, and then also Ingola Conte has been pretty immense. So it'll be very interesting to see where he slots in and if he does end up being cover or replacement for Alonzo, depending upon performance. You know, as far as like 20 minutes for Mishi every match, Nick, I just dream scenario, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how realistic that is. We all have dreams though. And so you keep dreaming. If, if we're giving 20 minutes a game to Mishi, we're probably winning each match by like five nil. So <laughs> I, I, we, we would have to be scoring, three, four, five goals and have basically no fear that we're going to be brought back into a match with someone for him to get 20 minutes a game. Hashtag Costa hat trick. <laughs> At Tulsa Blues 918 says, Ake should replace Alonzo. Pedro played okay, but Mishi should stay as a sub. We need a backup mid and defender. Uh, you know, Nick, as far as what Dan says, it sounds like Conte is expecting Ake to actually provide depth as a defender, not necessarily a left wing back. And that Pedro only played okay. I feel like you might take an exception to that. Yeah, I uh, I know my boy Mariano is behind this account, um, and I I do disagree on the on the Pedro thing. I think he played great today. It was against League One, or uh, yeah, um, League One opposition. So uh, or La Liga actually, opposition. Yeah, La Liga baby, spice it up. <laughs> um, I think that Ake will eventually repa- replace Alonzo if if Alonzo keeps struggling defensively. You know, I, I understand the defense cover. You know, if, if that's a thing that you want to use him for, although I would I would really be troubled if if Ake came back from loan and played a, before Zuma. That would be really frustrating, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think our midfield right now he wouldn't really play that much. I think the only area that you look at right now that he could possibly play uh, just based on performances would be left wing back or, or right wing back too. I mean, either one, even though he's a left footed player. So um, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I, I really hope that he comes back and plays some significant minutes. Otherwise that kind of seems like a waste because he was, he was doing well at, at Bournemouth. Yeah, exactly. And th- and that's the biggest point. He's got to have some clear expectations of him making an impact. Dan, at Marvit2Dude, again, another repeat visitor, says, uh, people talk a lot about Ake at center back or left wing back, but for me, his best position is midfield. Don't really need depth there, though, do we? Well, I think you look at where he played in Watford last season, and it was definitely more in a midfield position, more as a uh, you know a defensive midfielder for a lot of the matches that he was in, and, and he played really well. And everyone was wondering, you know, would he slot back in at the beginning of this season, uh, based upon his performances there? I mean, he, I think he started almost every game for Watford last season. Um, after establishing himself, I think it was like four or five games into the season. And then you look at now, he's been able to work his way into a Bournemouth side, become a goal-scoring threat for them as well. Loves to score versus Liverpool, so that's exciting. Definitely looking forward to, to having that in, in the squad. Um, but yeah, I think he is the you know, I think emblematic of a, a player that Conte would want, which is adaptable and can play multiple positions because there's a fluidity he's expecting from how we're playing our matches. And he should be able to, even if he's in a midfield position, have the intelligence to you know, operate from a center back's perspective if necessary. 
Next one up at MoHeatBerry underscore 94 asks, should Pedro start more games in wingback position? I'm going to take this one. No. We saw him against Tottenham, <laughs> and we know that today was not quality opposition, nor was he playing like a disciplined left wingback. To me, he is far more talented going forward. He has a very limited skill set defensively, and so I'm also on the bandwagon that Kennedy should only play attacking left side. I know I'm not in the majority there, but for Pedro specifically, guys, I just don't see it defensively. Interesting. Um, Kennedy getting a shout-out on the pod, even though we haven't seen the likes of him for months. Um, uh, if yeah. you haven't seen him, you just haven't been checking on Instagram because he's there. Oh, got a little puppy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next one, guys, I underscore Bout underscore well, Daniel Boutwell. So he threw this – talk about a curveball you want to mention here, Nick. Would Quadrado, in case you guys forgot about him, be a good fit in Conte's system? Seems like he would be a perfect option. I'm over this. I'm over Quadrado. That has been too much drama. I'm over it. I mean, I think, Dan, he might have a spot on the Real Housewives of – Juventus by the time this is all done. <laughs> um, yeah, the way his loan deal is structured, it, it's really there to force a buyout from Juventus. I, I he's happier there. He, he really does not want to, I think, fight for a spot here. And ultimately, there's there's a point in which you have to say, I'm going to cut ties with with a player and allow him to do his thing and allow us to focus on doing our thing. And if, look, any players want to play for your team. Uh, I Alexis Sanchez for Arsenal because his teammates don't want to win. Um, you know, <laughs> other teams are going to swoop up and look for an opportunity to uh, to acquire some talent. And you know, I think just like uh, you know, Arsenal maybe are going to lose out on a great player. Uh, you know, Juventus uh, are, are capitalizing on someone who doesn't want to play for Chelsea. Honestly, the only thing I want from Quadrado is a signing fee. I'm that has to happen. <laughs> Uh, all right, Facebook question. Stephen Clark, our man, traveling to Europe. Shout out, man. Safe travels. Yeah. He asked, with Shalaba looking more and more a first-team player with every performance, do we think he will be a starter in the Premier League next season? Dan's response was more like Shalaba, heart, smiley, face emoji. Would you like to explain yourself, Dan? Oh, I mean, it's uh, you know, a little man crush action. That's all it is. And uh, credit to a uh, friend, Dave Pastor, at We Ain't Got No History for throwing that word out first. That was a very apt description to describe the uh, the the utterance of feelings today uh, towards him. Can he be a starter though? I mean, he looks pretty good. It's just pure. I'm not going starter yet. I think that the the hill is going to be tough to climb there. If if we look at some of the rumors, you know, that we're looking for a top class, world class midfielder type, um, like Verratti or or someone like that, um, or Arturo Vidal. Um, it, it, I love Nate. I just don't think he's there yet. You know, it, it will really depend on who comes in. I, I think if one of those types of players comes in, he's going to be battling with Nemanja Matic for kind of whatever that next role will be. Now, if there's a formation change, there could very well be something in it for him, but uh, I think that'll be tough. You're talking like a, a three-five-two kind of format yeah. versus the three-four-three. Yeah, I think he could slot in there pretty naturally. I think the adherence to the three-four-three right now presents him, you know, one less opportunity to slot into that midfield. Though I, I would think that if we're playing Champions League, if we're playing FA Cup, EFL Cup, and Premier League, and challenging in all of those competitions next season. Ike he would start more games across four different competitions than he does currently today, which is right now he's getting a chance to start in one of two competitions. You know, this crazy thing is you just would go, man, with an extended run of minutes, what can he do? And you think that maybe he could get to the next level. I mean, he's got all the potential, but it's such a gamble. It's, the hardest decision that any manager, especially Chelsea's had to make because our youth are so talented, but it's, there's so much on the line that it's, and when you have the buying power and the ability to go get possibly an Arturo Vidal or something like that, it's man, that's a tough, tough situation to be in. So Luconda Davies asks between Ruben Loftus cheek and Ola Aina, who is in desperate need of a loan, Nick? 
RLC, no doubt about it. Uh, I think Ana is still young. He's he's got to go through the the battles a little bit during training and and really test himself there. Uh, he's just that dude is a smooth athlete, and so is Ruben. Um, but I, I think Ruben needs to play. Ruben needs to play in a, you know whatever role he's going to end up with at Chelsea. He needs to go on loan, play that, uh, get into a system, and improve himself against Premier League opposition. Dan, uh, if you had to choose one of the two, I think Olena needs to needs to go on loan just because there right now I, I don't see a pathway at all for minutes for him too and. I think it's, you know, if you look at if RLC is going to get a chance to start in matches, you know, within the FA Cup for us and maybe get some substitute appearances, but Olaena can't even start an FA Cup match over Ivanovic, that shows me that there's currently a high road for him to move towards playing. And that's probably where I would see him needing some more development time as soon as possible. I would, I would start the hashtag if we did minutes for Mishi, can we do like a. <laughs> Hola, where are my minutes? Like a hi. <laughs> or, or like more like, uh, more like hashtag where's my Ana? Ooh. I, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of sounds a little dirty. I'm not sure about that. What about, All right, what about guys? What about Ana Ain, Ain, no minutes? Ana <laughs> <laughs> getting no minutes. <laughs> where- Tweet at us what you guys think. We'll get it going. I bet Ola Ana respond. Dude's a social we're, media just junkie. He loves it. We need to work through those, Brandon. Those were not All right. those were not so far. It's understandable. All right, guys. Well, you know, as we wrap this one up, thank you again so much for your questions. Top class again. But one more quick message from World Soccer Shop before we preview our Premier League match coming up. Here we go. Hey, Dan. Oh, hey, Nick. How's it going there? Good. Hey, it's tremendous. Uh, loving this pod. I would just want to tell you, it's indoor week on worldsoccershop.com, and we know a lot of our fans are playing indoor during the cold winter months, so now would be the perfect time to go and get some fresh kicks uh, on worldsoccershop.com to show off your Hazard-esque skills. Do you have anything that you're particularly looking at right now? You know, I think I want to try some uh, back heel assist in a pair of uh, Nike Mercurial uh, Superfly 5 AG Pros. And those uh, those are typically like over $300. And right now they're $199.99, um, which is a fantastic savings. And, uh, you know, I don't know, would, would make me feel a little bit better about the game I'm going out there with. It's not good in general, but that would make it at least a little bit better. Do those immediately take away your beer belly or am I just hopeless? You know, I think if you uh, look at it from the right angle, but uh, that, that would be the way to take advantage of Indoor Week on worldsoccershop.com. Yep, go ahead, use our uh, referral link, support us, and uh, show us, take a take a photo of your sweet new kicks, and, uh, and we'll retweet them. All right, Chelsea fans, Indoor Week, I can tell you where I'm living at in Minneapolis. It is cold. Look, we're talking single digits Fahrenheit, even dipping into the negatives. I'm all about that indoor game right now. But, guys, we've got Leicester City match coming back. Premier League action is back. We're coming off a loss. we got to revert to our winning ways. Going to the King Power Stadium this coming Saturday, January 14th. Hey, what do you know? We actually have a late kickoff. Nick, sorry, you can't listen to this. We know you guys hate it, but Nick and I love it. Yeah. I I love it, too. You yeah, don't love it as much because you're an hour ahead. No, <laughs> it's yeah, like I, I, lunch. <laughs> I love it 60 minutes less than you. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, looking at this, Chelsea, Leicester, head-to-head. Chelsea have 12 wins out of 21 matches played, uh, five draws. Out of those 12 wins, only five away wins. Good news, Leicester only have three home wins. I think the way things are going, we obviously know Leicester is prioritizing the Champions League. But Dan, since they don't have Champions League right now, we're probably going to f- see the full-strength team, minus Mares not playing anywhere close to what we've seen him. Yeah, it's a, it's been an interesting scenario too. And you, know, you look at the kind of current structure that they've had. They they have looked uh, every bit uh, the individuals who uh, went out for a, a bender and uh, were dressed up really nice for the evening and had the best night in the town. And then the next morning, they did not look anything uh, like the individual that walked out on that street last night. They are struggling. 
within the league, uh, negative seven goal difference right now. Uh, very leaky defense in comparison to what was a very stout and resolute uh, combination of Fuchs and uh, Mori, uh, sorry, Fuchs and um, Morgan last season. And it's it's really it's a different Leicester to watch when they're playing in the Premier League versus when they're playing in the Champions League this season. Nick, as we look at it, obviously we took down Leicester 3 nothing. Pretty simple, straightforward at the beginning of the season. They were a part of that 13-match winning streak. But last season, obviously an anomaly, a little bit different. We actually lost away 2-1 to one back in December. Yeah, that was the nail in Jose's coffin. Um, so that was not a pleasant experience, I think, overall. But uh, you would have to think, you know, just looking at their form right now, uh, drew to Middlesbrough, uh, beat West Ham 1-0, lost Everton, drew Stoke, lost to Bournemouth. Uh, you know, they're they're just up and down. They're going to lose players to the African Cup of Nations when when that kicks off as well. So uh, there's just there's a lot going against them right now. They're 15th in the table. Uh, they're not looking anywhere near what they were last year. And uh, teams have figured out, I think, in general, Dan, that if you just sit back and and, you know, you, you don't try and get too ahead of yourself and let them counter that they're pretty easy to take apart. Yeah, the Mares to, to Vardy hookup that was so clinical and so destructive last season uh, really has been taken apart. I mean, Salmani adds a different level to their game too, especially for when they do want to run two up front and even then when they can substitute on Musa. And they've got a lot of options from an attacking perspective, uh, but they are you know very weak and very different because they, the jewel of their midfield from last season, uh, this guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, N'Golo Conte, really great individual, uh, plays for a different team in blue this season uh, and has been sorely missed uh, providing that steal, providing that cover for a defense that looks a little uh, slow-footed at times and, you know, when they're getting attacked upon. I think we can expect to have a full strength lineup back to you know normal. Costa up top, or uh, Hazard, maybe William, maybe Pedro. We'll leave that up to the decision of Antonio. Uh, you know, midfield, Conte's going to be back in there. Guess we don't know about Modic and Sesk. You know, a few weeks ago that was a for sure Modic, but you know, Antonio Conte's warming up to Sesk's abilities of passing. Uh, the back three will be back to the normal trio for sure. Courtois and goal wing backs. I think we'll see Moses and Alonso slide back in. Uh, anything you guys see is maybe a little bit of a hiccup. Otherwise, um, anything else I missed, Nick? Uh, I think what I would add here is do we see kind of our first appearance from Nathan Ake? Um, that could be interesting, maybe coming on as a sub to you know, prove that he's here for a reason. Um, that would be something I'm looking for. I would also, I, I don't envy the position that um, in, uh, Antonio Conte has with the William Pedro scenario. Um, they both scored today. Pedro got two, William got one. They're level on the season, I think now. Both have six goals. Pedro has more assists. Uh, you know, good luck. Uh, I, I feel like that's one of those scenarios, Dan, that if you pick one, the other one would have played better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. <laughs> Right, I think everyone's going to criticize that type of decision this season. You know, oh, you pick Pedro, well, you should have picked William because he had the hot hand. You know, it, it's like being at a blackjack table and saying like, oh, that guy hit a couple times, so he, you know, he clearly is the one that I want to bet with. And then the person to his left ends up, you know, striking blackjack three or four times in a row. Like, no one's going to win. It's really all about form. It's about tactical matchups. Uh, you know, I, I think William probably gets a nod. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I feel like the W is going to go in and uh, get a chance there. Well, you know, nothing else. I'm glad we're back to the Premier League action. It's going to be exciting. Uh, really looking for a strong bounce back. I know the FA Cup was a good sign that we're headed in the right direction, but Premier League action, as we know, is just a different monster altogether. So let's go ahead and wrap up with some final thoughts, guys, and we'll uh, call this episode a wrap. Nick, uh, what do you have for everybody? Uh, I think my final thought is just on uh, the general vibe around the team. Uh, I think today was a really strong indication that, you know, one loss doesn't get you down. You know, you got to you gotta keep trucking. And uh, I think Antonio Conte put a lot of trust in his players, um, trust that's probably been earned on the training ground over many, 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 many training sessions. But uh, I think the interesting part today was after the match, 
Hazard, Costa, uh, and a few others who didn't play were out on the pitch after the match having a kick around, you know, because that's just the way things are going right now. They want to work hard. They want to keep sharp. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's really crucial to see that. And I'm, I'm proud of, of how they responded today. And I'm proud of how the youth players responded. Absolutely. No complaints. I don't think whatsoever. Dan, what about you? I just want to say the uh, hashtag minutes for Mishi uh, was clearly a success. <laughs> Uh, I think it. Uh, we we really we really did a great job there, and uh, you know, I think we can continue uh, banging that drum. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the next trend is going to be. You know, maybe it's uh, yeah, probably something for Nathan Aki. We'll, we'll come up with something. But uh, you know, great great job with uh, Miz for Michi uh, fans. Fantastic. Uh, last thing I just want to plug is we have an article coming out on Monday, bright and early. It's by uh, our friend Lucande junior davies and it's five youth players to give chelsea a headache and this is a selection headache a very good headache and obviously you probably have ake christensen and triori you know heavily linked youngsters but there's two other guys in there todd kane and mario pasalic that he makes arguments for it's really really interesting it's not too long of a read guys so you'll be able to crank it out in no time give it a look retweet it or respond to our tweet if you like it uh, a lot of awesome content coming from listeners just like you. So with that being said, it's a wrap. We got the victory. Uh, I don't even remember the last time we lost. It's a distant memory. Chelsea are back on the winning train. We're going to keep it going, Chelsea fans. We'll talk to you next week. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. All right, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap for this week. Don't panic, though, as we'll be back after Chelsea's next match. So to be sure you don't miss it, subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at LondonBluePod. Until next time, Chelsea fans, keep the blue flag flying high.